A top House Democrat's transgender kid is arrested rioting with Antifa. Eminem says it wants to back out of the culture wars and the Biden administration panics over abortion restrictions. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Well, there does seem to be a bizarre spate of top-level Democrats with weird kids. Now, listen, parents are not always responsible for the sins of their children. I have three children. Soon I will have four, with the help of God. I assume that sometime in their life, they'll do something I don't approve of because that is the way of the world. You try to raise your kids the best that you can. And then, you know, whatever sort of happens, happens. But there is a very strange thing that seems to be happening with top House Democrats where they're, or and, and one top Senate Democrat, where their kids end up rioting with Antifa, which seems like a pretty weird thing to be happening. The latest example of this is according to National Review, the son of House Minority Whip Catherine Clark, Democrat of Massachusetts, was arrested in Boston for assaulting an officer and defacing a monument during an Antifa riot on Saturday night. Clark's son, Riley Dowell, 23, was detained by Boston police for allegedly spray painting No Cop City and ACAB, that would be All Cops Are Bastards, on the Parkman Bandstand Monument in the Boston Common. Similar language was recently used by Antifa activists in Atlanta who were rioting. While attempting to place Dell under arrest, Boston police reported that protesters encircled the small, small detachment of law enforcement and struck an officer. During the arrest of Jared Dell, a group of about 20 protesters began to surround officers while screaming profanities through megaphones on the public street, causing traffic to come to a standstill. While interfering with the arrest of Jared Dell, an officer was hit in the face and could be seen bleeding from the nose and mouth, according to the Boston Police Department. Dell was charged with assault by means of a dangerous weapon, destruction or injury of personal property, and damage of property by graffiti slash tagging. He is expected to be arraigned in Boston Municipal Court. Those Antifa protests were apparently sparked in Boston following a fatal police shooting of a University of Massachusetts Boston student, Syed Faisal, in December 2022. During that particular incident, the person who was shot by the the Massachusetts police, um, he approached the police with a short sword. They tried to then shoot him with a sponge round, which is a non-lethal round. And then they had to resort to lethal force. Quick rule of thumb, folks, do not do not attack officers with a short sword. It just does not go amazing for you. Clark released a statement Sunday afternoon confirming that Dell, who is transgender and now goes by the name of Riley, was arrested. Last night, said Clark, my daughter was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts, which comes as a shock on two fronts. One, that this person's son is, is actually their daughter. And two, that their kid was arrested with Antifa. I love Riley. This is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. That is definitely a way to put it. A difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. This will be evaluated by the legal system. I am confident in that process. Now, you'll remember that this is the same House Democrat. Again, this is a top House Democrat, the House Minority Whip, who just a couple of years ago said that she remembered her middle child. This would be Jared, nay Riley, now Riley, waking up with nightmares about climate change. Here is a Catherine Clark talking about this not all that long ago. Let me tell you what it means to to me coming in as a different generation. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. Well, um, why? What did you do? I mean, seriously, that, that is a what did you do kind of thing, because normally kids wake up with nightmares because they're thinking about death. You know, something bad's going to happen to their parents or they saw something in the movie and it was super scary or they read something in a book and it was really, really upsetting. They don't wake up with nightmares about climate change unless you are scaring them or exposing them to things they should not be thinking about climate change. Because guess what? Your son, who is not in fact your daughter, is not going to be killed by climate change. Your son would have been fine. Other facts to consider here. It is very odd how many top-level Democrats, how many Hollywood folks, 
How many people who are sort of the elites in blue society have trans, quote unquote, children? Very odd, isn't it? We have reached, it seems, a genetic bottleneck that only affects specific groups of children in specific parent groups. It's very odd. It must just be a weird evolutionary quirk. It must be that suddenly Darwin has reached its apotheosis. Like, I, I don't know how this happened. You know, for, for nearly all of human history, people who suffer from gender dysphoria were a percentage of a percentage. A tiny, tiny percentage of the population suffered from gender dysphoria. Now, you've got a vast bevy of kids who are suffering from gender dysphoria or who are claiming that they are a member of the opposite sex, but only in very specific areas, only at our nation's top colleges, only if they are the kids of top Democratic legislators, or if they're the kids of Hollywood moms and dads. Very strange, wouldn't you say? It does raise some serious parenting questions, like maybe you're doing a bad job. Maybe, overall, you're not talking about just a weird confluence of events. Maybe it is that you are doing an insufficient job of teaching your kids the things they need to know. Again, not every kid is going, to, is going to fall close to the tree. Not every apple falls close to the tree. But when you are teaching your kids that climate change is going to kill everyone and then your kid has nightmares. And when you're teaching your kids that boys can be girls and then your boy says that he is a girl. I got to say, it feels like A and B are connected just a little bit. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is Okay but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. They're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25 with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. And of course, as I mentioned, this is not the only top Democrat who has had a kid arrested during a riot. You'll remember that back in 2017, Linwood Michael Kane, the son of Virginia Senator and former vice presidential candidate Tim Kane, was one of five protesters arrested after allegedly disrupting a pro-Donald Trump rally inside the Minnesota state capitol on in this back in 2017, according to St. Paul police spokesman Steve Linders. Kane was charged by prosecutors in St. Paul with fleeing on foot, concealing identity in a public place, obstructing the legal process by interfering with a peace officer. Now again, there are issues with with parents who are right-wing, raising their kids in, in weird ways and that having effects. But if you're talking about kids who are being arrested rioting with Antifa and also saying they are members of the opposite gender, perhaps the problem is that you're not providing the roles and rules that are necessary to raise a healthy child. Again, I'll say for the third time, it is possible that you do all the right things and your kid ends up the wrong way. But when you teach your kid a thing and then your kid does the thing, that one is kind of on you. And I mentioned this because... There does seem to be a, an attempt now to treat parenting as though it is a form of virtue signaling to the rest of the world. It is not about raising your child healthy. It's about demonstrating to the rest of your blue check friends that you are doing the right things in their eyes. They are training your children properly as good little left-wingers. And this takes some very strange forms. For example, the New York Times has a piece over the weekend by a person named Heather Kay. The piece is titled, China Helped Raise My American Kids. 
and they turned out fine. Quote, when COVID was raging across the world a couple of years ago, I came across a picture online of an American woman wearing a T-shirt that proclaimed, I refuse to co-parent with the government. A response to perceived government overreach regarding school mask mandates. I laughed out loud. My own kids were, in a way, co-parented by the Chinese government. So first of all, anytime you're claiming with pride that your kids are co-parented by the government, you are doing something wrong. It is not the government's job to co-parent your kids. This is a big enough problem in the United States. We have a vast bevy of people who seem to believe that the government ought to play daddy in the sense that it ought to provide all of the resources necessary to explore yourself. And also, the government ought to play mommy in the sense of providing you the emotional comfort of accepting all of your behavior. This is why you see so many people who want the Supreme Court to give the moral imprimatur to their personal behavior. Because they want the government to be mommy in the sense that it makes them feel good about themselves. And they want the government to be daddy in the sense that it brings home the bacon. But back to this person writing about how the Chinese government did an amazing job co-raising their, their kid. My work in the fashion industry took my husband and me to Shanghai in 2006 where we spent the next 16 years and started a family. In China, government co-parenting begins in the womb. Well, I mean, it kind of begins in like killing kids in the womb. They've killed tens of millions of children in the womb or forcibly sterilized millions of women in China over the course of the last half century. People in China are still legally barred from determining the gender of their unborn babies unless medically necessary because of a history of sex-selective abortions, according even to this columnist. And those sex-selective abortions became necessary specifically because China said you could only have one kid and Chinese people apparently generally wanted boys more than girls, which is why you now have a surplus of boys over girls. The number's in the millions, which is a serious problem for China, its economy, and foreign policy. But, says this columnist, as foreigners, we were exempt from such rules. But I had to accept that my growing belly had become community property, subject to unsolicited rubbing and sidewalk commentary, and that restaurants would refuse to serve me cold beverages. Chinese people ascribe medicinal properties to simple hot water, rooted in hygiene concerns, and the belief that it maintains a healthy balance in yin and yang. I dreaded the earful I would get each time I ordered an iced latte that was usually served with a warm smile. In 2008 and 2010, we delivered two healthy daughters in Shanghai and faced the choice of all expatriate parents in China. Between pricey international schools and enrollment in local schools overseen by the government and with an immersion in Chinese culture and values. We weighed the pros and cons of the Chinese route and the, and the cons. The cons apparently were exposure to Communist Party propaganda and potential social isolation of being foreigners in a group of Chinese students and they took the plunge. Our stringent government co-parent quickly made its presence felt. The girls' Chinese kindergarten teacher lectured us on everything, including how many hours our daughters should sleep, what they should eat, their optimal weight. Each morning, all the students performed calisthenics in straight rows and raised China's red flag while singing the national anthem. Classroom windows were usually kept open to increase air circulation and prevent contamination by airborne illnesses even during the winter. We sometimes felt as if our children were on loan to us for evenings and weekends to be delivered back to school each weekday. Over time, though, the benefits kicked in. Constantly served up, Moral history and culture lessons on pulling together for the sake of the Chinese nation, our girls came home discussing self-discipline, integrity, and respect for elders. With school instilling a solid work ethic and a total drive for academic excellence, my husband and I didn't need to push the girls to complete homework. The shame of letting their teachers and classmates down was enough to light their fires. And this piece continues, basically talking up the joys of China and the wonders of Chinese parenting. He said, there's no shortage of condemnation directed at China's Communist Party by critics in the United States, much of it justified. But my family's experience in China taught us that immersion in a culture with different answers to everyday questions alters how one sees the world. Practices that used to seem clearly right or wrong took on complexity and dimension. I guess so I'm, I see that they're very much in favor of social solidarity and national indoctrination so long as it's coming at the behest of the Chinese government. As an American parent in China, says this columnist, I learned to appreciate the strong sense of shared values and of people connected as a nation. Parenting like governing is an imperfect art. Priorities must be set. Tough choices made. There's never been a more crucial time for us to learn from one another and build new bridges across the street, nation, and world. 
Attention to the common good is a fundamental value I seek in an American government co-parent. So they want the government to now inculcate the idea of a common good like the authoritarian Chinese government. And then you wonder why the odd combination of social libertinism crammed down by a top-down government is so attractive to the left. You wonder why that's happening? By the way, the side effects of all this can be seen in everything from the rampant rate of LGBTQ identification that is wildly exceeding what it has ever been in human history. It should be noted, by the way, sometimes you'll hear people make the idiotic argument this is like left-handedness. So for generations, people suppressed left-handedness in the population. They said, well, it was bad for kids to write with their left hand. And so people were taught to write with, with their right hand, right? And then that stigma went away. People started to write with their left hand. And over the course of 60 years, the population of left-handers in the United States went up by about 300%. The population of transgenderism in the American population is now increasing at tens of thousands of percent in certain centers of our nation's population. That has nothing to do with the natural movement of, of genetic drift. That has everything to do with social contagion and a social contagion for, for which the left demands both parental and government green lighting. The best parents are the ones who pretend that they are okay with their kids pretending they're members of the opposite sex, for example. Those are the greatest parents. And the way you know they're really good parents is because they say they're very accepting of this and they teach their kids they're probably going to die of climate change. Also, if they ever got near a church, they would start to shudder and shake. They'd start to freak out. Get some more on this in just one second. First, this year, if it's one of your goals to do business with companies that don't hate your guts, check out Pure Talk. Pure Talk is the antidote to woke wireless companies. It is proudly veteran-owned, employs a U.S.-based customer service team, and absolutely refuses to spend money on networks that hate your guts. Not to mention, PureTalk's service is excellent. They're one of the largest networks in the country. You get blazing fast data, talk, and text for as low as 30 bucks a month. That is probably half what you're paying for Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Switch on over to PureTalk in as little as 10 minutes. Keep your phone and your phone number. Your first month guaranteed risk-free. Try it. If you're not completely happy with the service, you'll get your money back. I've been using PureTalk for a couple of years now. I use it for all my business calls. It is excellent this year. Make it a goal to support companies who support you. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. PureTalk is simply smarter wireless. Again, their coverage is excellent. They use the same tower network as one of the big guys. So what exactly do you have to lose? The answer is nothing. Head on over to puretalk.com, use promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month. Also, you may have noticed that used car prices are dropping, but before you walk into the dealership, you need to check out CarZing. CarZing is completely changing the way you buy a car online. By partnering with credit agencies, lenders, and over 25,000 dealers nationwide, CarZing provides you with everything you need before you set foot into a dealership. You can instantly pre-qualify online without affecting your credit score, get instant financing details, including what your down payment would be, your monthly payment, term, APR, puts you several steps ahead of all the other buyers out there. Once you find the right car at your ideal budget, all you have to do, bring your saved deal voucher with you to the dealership and finalize your next ride. It makes it really, really easy. No going to the lot and being given the runaround by the folks at the used car dealership. Instead, you can find out exactly what you're paying for and what you want to pay for the thing online. Even if you're not in the market for a new car, you should check out CarZing anyway. It's like window shopping. Just poke around, see what's available in your area. Visit CarZing.com slash Ben today. Skip the guesswork. Find the best deals near you. That is CarZing.com slash Ben, C-A-R-Z-I-N-G dot com slash Ben to get started. Other consequences of all of this. Well, um, one of them is a massive spike in juvenile crime. According to the Wall Street Journal, a 13-year-old boy ran through the Bronx streets one May afternoon last year, chased by two teens on a scooter. Surveillance video showed him frantically trying to open the doors of an assisted living facility. The scooter peeled onto the sidewalk and sped toward him. A 15-year-old boy riding on the back pointed a handgun and fired multiple times, police say. Nearby, 11-year-old Kaihara Tay stood outside a beauty salon after school. 
eating chicken wings, waiting for her friends to finish getting their nails done. A stray bullet struck the pavement in front of her. Another pierced her stomach. She was rushed in critical condition to Lincoln Hospital two miles away, and she died that night. Violence among children, says the Wall Street Journal, has soared across the country since 2020, a stark reversal of a decades-long decline in juvenile crime. In the United States, homicides committed by juveniles acting alone rose 30% in 2020 from a year earlier. Those committed by multiple juveniles increased 66%. The number of killings committed by children under 14 was the highest in two decades, according to the most recent federal data. Now, one reason for that is because there have been so many kids out of school since 2020. As it turns out, when you tell kids not to go to school, this is what they've always pretended. There was a social science sort of misnomer where they said that hot weather causes kids to kill each other. And the answer is hot weather doesn't cause kids to kill each other. Kids are out of school and thus they're in situations to kill one another. Okay, but over the last couple of years, it turns out that government lockdowns, shutting down schools, combined with the fact that we have an enormous number of missing fathers in American society means higher juvenile crime. In New York City, police had 124 juveniles committed shootings during 2022, up from 62 in 2020 and 48 in 2019. That's an extraordinary increase. Bronx District Attorney Darcel Clark said after Kaihara's death, quote, the tragedy here is we're talking about a gunman who's too young to be called a gunman because he's 15 years old. The jump comes amid an overall wave of violent crime in the first two years of the pandemic, particularly homicides and shootings that swept through urban and rural areas alike. So, Again, things going great for the nation's youngest generation, confused at sea and not being given any sort of guide by their parents who seem more bogged down in their own sense of authenticity and individuality than they are in actually the hard work of being a parent. Okay, meanwhile, in the stupid culture war story of the day, M&M's has now announced that they are changing their policy regarding marketing. They put out a statement yesterday. This is actually pretty hilarious. Essentially, there are enough people on the right who are making fun of them for their dumb marketing campaign. They now they're pulling their marketing campaign. They put out this message yesterday, quote, America, let's talk. In the last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice. We definitely didn't think it would break the internet, but now we get it. Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing, which was the last thing M&Ms wanted since we're all about bringing people together. Therefore, we have decided to take an indefinite pause from the spokes candies. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson America can agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. We are confident Ms. Rudolph will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. So uh, just to review here, basically Eminem decided that they were going to make some of the female candies look fatter so they wouldn't body shame women or something. Um, It was super weird and strange. And uh, then they had two of the female candies holding hands. And then they had their all-female marketing with just the female candies which, again, as I suggested, might have been transphobic, except they also did it for the peanut M&M, so some of the, some of the female candies had nuts. So uh, it was not transphobic, as it turns out. So um, now it turns out that, that when you go woke, people get mad at you, and they get annoyed. And, and people on the left now, they're, they're making a big fuss out of this. Oh, my God, I can't believe that M&M's caved to this. Why did the right even care about this? Why did, again, once again, this is a case of face tattoo syndrome. Face tattoo syndrome, you change your entire marketing strategy in order to please people on the left, people on the right notice, and you get mad at people on the right for noticing. I would also like to point out here that um, I'm not sure why Maya Rudolph is now your get-out-of-jail-free card. That's kind of a weird one. Maya Rudolph is funny. I I like some of her work. But is is she like the new corporate fixer? So next time you're running a car manufacturer and things just start setting on fire, it's like, get Maya Rudolph's agent on the phone. Get her on there right now. You're like, who? You know, the lady from the, the, the... The good place, that lady. Get her on the phone right now. She's the only one who can fix this. And the New York Times has an entire breakdown 
of what happened with the M&M's. Quote, M&M's, the ubiquitous candy brand owned by Mars Wrigley, announced on Monday it would take an indefinite pause from its spokes candies, deciding the cartoon characters with arms, legs, and minimal facial features were simply too divisive for a polarized America to take. Here's how we got here. In a statement on Monday, Mars Wrigley began with the words familiar to anyone about to have a breakup conversation. America, let's talk. So what exactly happened here? Well, apparently, Gabrielle Wesley, chief marketing officer for Mars Wrigley North America, said in a statement the decision to engage Ms. Rudolph as the chief of fun and spokesperson for M&M's had been in the works for a while. The original colorful cast of M&M's spokescandies are at present pursuing personal passions, Ms. Wesley said. It turns out there's an appropriate level of sexiness that M&M's figures should display in their footwear. America is divided on how sexy that should be. In January 2022, M&M's gave the aching feet of its two female spokescandies a break replacing the green M&M's heels with flats and swapping the brown M&M's stilettos for smaller, more comfortable heels. The decision to some was an injustice. Tucker Carlson said M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment when you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. Obviously, one of my favorite things is when Tucker tells jokes or I tell jokes and the entire left pretends it's not a joke. So obviously that's true. It also happens to be true, again, that the reason that they changed it is because they were attempting to appease people on the left. That's the reason to make the change in the first place. That's why you did it. Stop pretending that you did it for some other reason. The candy's new look was not exactly at the top of Carlson's concerns. But this month, Carlson declared that the woke M&Ms have returned after Mars Wrigley introduced a new purple M&M to the roster. And the others got a new look. The green M&Ms got her boots back, but is apparently now a lesbian, maybe. Plus, there's a plus-size obese purple m M&M. <laughs> said. So we're going to cover that, of course, because that's what we do. So M&M's had to pull it. Uh, and uh, good for Tucker, because uh, frankly, good for Tucker. It, it's it's funny, uh, you know, and, and these, these corporations should know that when you declare a random culture war for no apparent reason, people will notice and then people won't like it. And I guess Maya Rudolph's agent is all the happier today because more more work for, for Maya Rudolph. Okay. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is attempting to redirect his administration he has made some changes internally to his administration, you'll recall. We talked about him dumping his former White House chief of staff. They're saying that it was it was Ron Klain deciding to leave. That's probably true. But the new person who is coming in is Jeff Zients. Jeff Zients was the COVID czar. You'll remember him from, you're about to have a winter of death, discontent, despair, suffering if you're unvaccinated. That, that actually did not happen. According to Politico, a longtime corporate executive, Zients had no public health experience and little in the way of expertise in fighting pandemics. He ended up as the White House COVID response are anyway. Because why the hell not? Let's get Jeff in here. He doesn't know anything. He led a sweeping governmental effort to rein in the virus. Fail. Spearheaded a complex national campaign to vaccinate the vast majority of the nation. Kind of fail. Ultimately charted a path for the nation out of a once-in-a-century health emergency. Giant fail. You guys still can't decide whether you have a pandemic on your hands or not. It set Zines, who wants internal praise for his managerial prowess on course, for his next high-profile job as Biden's newest chief of staff. As Biden's top aide, Zines will now be expected to bring his logistical and organizational expertise to a West Wing facing another inflection point. So Zines apparently is um, is going to try to figure out what, what happens next. But we should point out that the virus is still killing like 500 people a day. So excellent job there. Also, you have totally undercut whatever faith anybody had in the vaccine in the first place by fibbing and fibbing and fibbing again. You've undercut the faith of the American people that you're actually going to be honest about how exactly you, uh, you go about quashing the virus. You're just going to lie to the American people. So um, well done to Joe Biden. Joe Biden appears to be uh, getting actually a little bit more radical over time. So he, he thinks that one of the reasons he did fine in the election cycle is because of Roe versus Wade being overturned. There's some evidence to this effect. There's some evidence that in Michigan, for example, 
where the possibility of a serious abortion restriction was on the ballot, that that may have driven Democrats to the polls. It's one reason why pro-lifers, there's some divisions among pro-lifers about the strategy to actually utilize in pursuing the most pro-life position. I'm as pro-life as it gets. I am pro-life from point of conception. When it comes to the strategy that needs to be used in order to achieve the most saved unborn children, however, you have to take a look at the various states and, and look at a different strategy. If you're talking about Mississippi or Alabama, you go for broke. If you're talking about Michigan, what you're probably going to have to do is the same thing that's done in states like Florida. States that are more purple are going to have to incrementally push back the time of abortion and get people used to the idea that abortion is unthinkable at this time, and then you gradually move the time back. If you go for broke right away, you end up with a snapback effect in which the left ends up getting what it wants and legalizes abortion all the way up to a point of birth, which is essentially what happened in Kansas. In any case, Joe Biden thinks that he has the upper hand on abortion, which I think is rather doubtful. Yesterday, he tweeted out about Roe versus Wade. He suggested, of course, quote, today should have been the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, boo. Instead, MAGA Republican officials are waging a war on women's right to make their own health care decisions. But this fight isn't over. So um, I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden said that he was kind of in favor of Roe versus Wade being overturned in actual state legislation on this matter because he was a, a Catholic who was sort of uncomfortable with abortion. Now, of course, the entire Democratic Party has gone crazy in favor of abortion. Kamala Harris, speaking of people who have gone crazy over this, over the last 24 hours, she started yelling at Republicans saying, how dare they? How dare they? How dare they call for a nationwide abortion ban? I mean, all we want is a nationwide abortion celebration, like up to point of birth and maybe beyond. But Republicans are real bad. Here's Kamala Harris. Republicans in Congress are now calling for a nationwide abortion ban. No. Some even from the moment of conception. The right of every woman in every state in this country to make decisions about her own body is on the line. And I've said it before and I will say it again. How dare they? She's so mad. So mad. She's not mad at all. Okay, she, she's not mad at all. She's a terrible actress. I'll say it before and I'll say it. How dare. She has to get Greta Thunberg to like, repel from the ceiling and just say, how dare you? Into the microphone and then just repel back up to the ceiling. Uh, Kamala Harris also, over the last 24 hours, uh, she was trying to quote the Declaration of Independence. And I don't know what it is about the Declaration of Independence and Democrats, but they have a real tough time with it. You recall that Joe Biden recently tried to quote the Declaration of Independence and just started talking about corn pop randomly. Well, now Kamala Harris is quoting the Declaration of Independence and she forgot a, a little phrase in it called the, the right to life. Remember, right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Remember that? She just forgets about the right to life. I guess it's the right to um, abortion or something. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Well, this is when you miss it. Just skip right over that in the abortion speech. You can't say right to life. You're endowed to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And when she nods like this, you know she's lying. That's when, that's when you know, when she starts nodding. All weird. Um, but by the way, remember that time that a bunch of pro-life clinics got bombed and it took the federal government under Joe Biden like a year and a half to, to realize that or do anything about it? And they pretended the whole time it was not a big deal. Well, now it turns out 
that pro-abortion protesters gathered outside Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home again to disrupt his evening on the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, which fell seven months after the ruling to overturn the landmark decision. A video of what appeared to be about a dozen protesters wielding signs in the rain outside of Kavanaugh's home on Sunday was posted by Daily Signal reporter Mary Margaret Olihan. The demonstration outside the personal residence comes after protests in June outside the homes of several justices, so they are back again. Things are going really well. Now, one of the things about the abortion debate that's quite fascinating is how the left will only selectively talk about certain aspects of abortion. So there is an entire essay with full graphics from doctors Erica Bliss, Joan Fleischman, and Michelle Gomez. They are co-founders of the My Abortion Network, and they have a piece in the New York Times called Early Abortion Looks Like Nothing What You've Been Told. It looks nothing like what you've been told. And um, basically, the entire article is just a series of pictures of very early stage fetal tissue. And here's what these doctors write. They say primary care clinicians like us who provide early abortions in their practice have long known that the pregnancy tissue we removed does not look like what most people expect. After Roe versus Wade was overturned last summer, and early pregnancy termination was banned across more than a dozen states, we felt it was important to make this information public and show the images we have seen more widely. It's important to us to counter medical misinformation related to early pregnancy because about 80% of abortions in the United States occur at nine weeks or earlier. So they then released a bunch of pictures in um, the fetal tissue from essentially five through nine weeks of pregnancy. And as you would imagine, if you know anything about abortion or fetal development, it's very difficult to see anything, right? I mean, it looks like just clusters of tissue. That, that is not a giant shock. Although the reality is by the time you get to nine or 10 weeks, it is actually fairly well differentiated. I happen to know that because I've seen fetal development pictures, including aborted fetuses all throughout the process. Okay, so that's just a simple fact of the matter. There's a difference between what a, to the naked eye, a fetus looks like at five weeks and what a fetus looks like at nine weeks. Also worth noting here, you notice the New York Times would never, not, not in a million years, print a picture of a 15-week-old fetus after an abortion. Never, ever, ever. Not for a million dollars. Not for all the money in the world. Why? Because a 15-week-old fetus looks kind of like a baby. So they would never do that. Instead, they'll just do it at the earliest stage. So let's say for a second that I guess the premise of this article is that we are only supposed to care about the fetuses that look like babies. Okay, let's start with that. Does that mean that at week 12 we can start caring? Can we ban abortion after week 12? What's the rule here? It seems to me that you are shifting the logic of why an abortion is okay. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, a child's life is molded by his or her home, school, friends, community. A positive experience in all these areas helps build a healthy child. Cars for Kids, that's Cars with a K, is a registered nonprofit organization aimed at giving children the tools to succeed in life. If you have a car that's just sitting in your driveway, taking up space, you should consider donating it to Cars for Kids. You know, Cars for Kids, they've got that jingle, right? The 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS-K-A-R-S. You know it. If you're tired of looking at that old car in your driveway or hearing your spouse complain about it, why not let Cars for Kids take care of it for you? Here's how it works. Visit their website at carsforkids.org slash Ben. Let them take care of it from there. The whole process only takes two minutes. Cars for Kids will schedule a pickup at a time that's convenient for you. If you don't have a car, you can still help. Cars for Kids accepts non-cash donations of school supplies, clothing, sports equipment, and more. So what exactly are you waiting for? Call now or visit carsforkids.org slash Ben to get the ball rolling today. That's Cars with a K, the number four, at carsforkids.org slash Ben. That's carsforkids.org slash Ben. What they're really trying to fight here is the ultrasound, because the reality is that the ultrasounds from the earliest stages, you're talking like from the very earliest stages, six, seven, eight weeks, you can hear the heartbeat, you can actually see things on the ultrasound. And so they're trying to debunk that. But there is a media blackout on later stages of pregnancy and abortions and what they look like. 
an absolute media blackout. This I know for a, a 100% fact. I know this because a couple of years ago in 2018, I did a midterm special for Fox News. Okay, Fox News is a very conservative outlet, obviously. I did a midterm election special. And one of the monologues I did in the midterm election special is I actually spelled out what fetal development looked like at various stages of pregnancy. And during that monologue, I actually sent to our producers at Fox pictures of what fetuses looked like at that, at that stage of fetal development. It included very graphic photos of what abortions looked like because it looks like a baby. If you're looking at a 16-week-old, 15-week-old, 14-week-old fetus, you're looking at something that looks very much like a baby. And Fox said we couldn't put it on the air. Instead, Fox used a bunch of graphics that were essentially animations of what the fetus looked like. That was the best that they were willing to do. Okay, that's their prerogative. They're, they're their own network. I don't blame them for that. But the point is this. If you are on the left and you're the New York Times, you will show what fetal tissue looks like at the very earliest stages, but you won't do it the rest of the time because it might cut against your argument. It's such an unbelievably dishonest argument by the New York Times to do that. And it's all the more reason why pro-life advocates actually should show people as much as possible what abortion looks like, what children in the womb look like. It's why ultrasounds are so damned important and why Planned Parenthood is fighting them so hard. Over the course of time, as science becomes better and better, and as we see better and better into the womb, the Democrats are going to lose on this issue, and they know this, and that is why they are freaking out. Okay, meanwhile, Joe Biden's document scandal is not going well. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, bad news for all of us. We are all going to die. I know, a dark thought here, but this is why you need life insurance. It's just the responsible thing to do. And here's the thing. Your employer insurance is probably not going to cover you very far. And if you lose your job, you lose that employer-based life insurance. So if you have a family the way I do, you owe it to yourself to head on over to policygenius.com. Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their tech makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find at your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 17 bucks per month for 500 grand in coverage. Policy Genius's licensed agents can help you find coverage options in as little as a week. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. No wonder. They have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. It is just the responsible thing to do. You got to make sure your family is taken care of in case, God forbid, you're hit by a falling plane. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Get the life insurance you need. Also, I'm wiped. I got to tell you, I am just exhausted. And this is why I am just operating almost solely at this point on Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee Company is on a mission to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement by serving you the best coffee you've ever had. Thanks to your support, that dream has become a reality. This year alone, Black Rifle Coffee donated over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders while expanding their own team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. If you want to continue supporting this unbelievable company, head on over to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use promo code Shapiro at checkout for 10% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Again, head on over to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Go check them out right now. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders here in the United States. Their coffee is one of a kind, but it's your support that gets gear, funding, and supplies into the hands of people who need it. Head on over to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 10% off again. Head on over to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Code Shapiro, 10% off. And you can also find Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores near you. It's the best coffee in America. Head on over to Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Also, folks, Jeremy's Razors is offering a great deal. It ends soon. 40% off all razors. Why the discount? I'm glad you asked. A year ago, when Joe Biden tried to force a vax mandate, on private employers and some 85 million Americans. The Daily Wire told him where to stick it. 
We sued the federal government and we won. After a 6-3 ruling in our favor from the Supreme Court, the mandate was dead and together we kicked the government's ass. So on the first anniversary of this tremendous victory for all Americans, the Daily Wire CEO and God King Jeremy Boring has issued a special decree on the razors that bear his name. Right now, only for a limited time, all Jeremy's razors are 40% off. That's right, 40%. That means you can get a kit with a Precision 5 razor and flip-back trimmer, shave cream, post-shave balm, extra blades, and a handy travel case for just $35.99. That is a saving of $24. The Biden administration and its totalitarian cronies were cut down, and now we rejoice by drinking their tears, enjoying our freedom, and looking excellent while doing it. Get 40% off Jeremy's razors before the deal ends by going to jeremysrazors.com. Okay, meanwhile, Joe Biden's document scandal is not going anywhere. And um, the Biden team really has no defense to it. Joe Biden's, one of his top advisors, a person named Ian Sams, he appeared on national TV yesterday to talk about the fact that he can't actually explain how many documents have actually been found or are out there, which is not a good sign. Can you give us a sense of how many classified documents we are now talking about total across all three locations? Sure, it's a good question. And, and actually the answer to it is a little bit complicated because of this point that I'm making about the integrity of an ongoing Justice Department investigation. The Justice Department is going to be looking at all sorts of questions like that throughout their investigation. So they don't know. The answer is they don't know, which means that we're going to find more of them. I mean, it's that simple. By the way, it wasn't six documents that were found the other day. It was like six documents plus other materials. It was six items. They don't know if those items were boxes. So we, we really have no clue. The Democratic Party is trying to, they're really breaking down into sort of two separate segments on this particular matter. You have some, like Senator Chris Coons, who are trying to defend Joe Biden. So he, he was trying to do that yesterday, claiming that this document issue doesn't keep anybody up at night. No document issue has ever kept anybody up at night. None. Okay, Hillary's emails didn't keep anybody up at night. It irritated everybody that Hillary was getting away with it, but nobody was deeply worried that Hillary's emails were actually going to result in like the Chinese having our nuclear codes. Nobody is worried that Donald Trump is selling Chinese the nuclear secrets, and nobody's really worried that Joe Biden was trafficking with Iran or something. That's not what this is about. The thing that keeps people awake at night is lack of credibility and consistency in implementation of the law. That's the thing that people are worried about. I was actually worried that Joe Biden has sitting in his basement in, in Delaware a bunch of old documents from the time that he was on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. What people are worried about is that there is one standard for him and there's another standard for you. There's one standard for Trump and there's another standard for Hillary Clinton. That is the thing that does keep people up at night. Anyway, here's Senator Coons trying to defend Joe Biden. How can he say he takes classified material seriously when some of what was found may have been in his home for more than a decade and he seemingly had no idea? As you get more senior and as the matters that you're handling are more important and occasionally more classified, the volume gets higher. So um, I do think this was inadvertent. The whole point of having a special counsel is to ensure that and to give the American people confidence in that. Uh, but frankly, Martha, I also don't think this is an issue that's keeping Americans up at night. Again, if this is the new standard, there is not a single issue that Donald Trump had his entire term that kept people up at night. And truly, there was not a lot happening that kept people like people were like waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. Not unless you were a person who read Mary Trump's devotion as a book as a devotional or something. You got up every morning, you just read a section of Mary Trump while on bended knee or something. And most of us looked at Donald Trump doing what he was doing. We're like, oh, well, I guess he's tweeting something on the toilet again. It was only Democrats who was keeping them up. And oh, my God, what are we going to do? Donald Trump's tweeting another thing. That's not actually the standard, as you may have noticed. And again, as I say, there is a divide that is broken out inside the Democratic Party. You've got, again, people like Chris Coons or MSNBC's Lawrence O'Donnell trying to defend Joe Biden. Here's O'Donnell doing that yesterday. 
they should still be able to hold these two separate cases in separate silos and still charge Donald Trump if Donald Trump's case justifies charging him, regardless of what Joe Biden did. Yeah, and, and everything we know about the Biden case is because of Biden cooperation. Every single right, thing we right. know about it. So much cooperation, by Joe. That, that's how we know about it. It's because, hold up. It happened November 2nd. We found out about it in the middle of January. So no, actually, they weren't super cooperative with the with the American people, as it turns out. Well, Politico is reporting on the gap. They say Senate Democrats returned on Monday after a long recess and after the Justice Department found additional classified documents during a 13-hour search of Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. The discovery of those documents on top of classified materials found in November and December has created a political headache after Democrats sought to hammer Trump for his handling of classified material. The issue is also an unwelcome one for the party. I hope they found them all, said Dick Durbin. As for the president, Durbin said he's done well by cooperating every step of the way, but he still has documents, and I don't understand why he'd have those in his personal possession. It's not a full-on rebellion. Democrats are rejecting comparisons with Trump. They argued that unlike Trump, Biden's legal team turned over the documents upon discovery and invited the DOJ to search for more. But Senate Minority Whip John Thune, Republican of South Dakota, says, says quite correctly, the discovery of the Biden documents neutralizes the issue politically. He said they're trying to attack Trump. Biden was chair of the Foreign Relations Committee. He should know better. That happens to be correct. So this is an issue that is not going away for Joe Biden. It just isn't. And all this is going to carry forward into the debt ceiling debate. One of the questions here is going to be, just how hard can Joe Biden push back against the Republicans? Now, his shtick here is that Republicans should never, ever, ever, ever challenge the debt ceiling. But that is a debt we've already taken out. We can't stop, by, we can't stop paying it back today. But the whole idea of, of holding up the debt ceiling is, let's get the government's fiscal house in order in order so we extend another line of credit. Now, Democrats who think this is crazy, we do this with like the International Monetary Fund all the time. The IMF and the World Bank, when they give loans to a third world country, very often they'll say, you need to get your house in order before we extend the credit to you. And if that country comes back a little later and says, okay, we, we took out the credit and we spent all the money and now we need another loan, they'll say, well, before we give you a second loan, we need to know how you're going to restructure your debt. Like, what are you going to do to fix all of this? But Democrats seem to be under the belief, so do the media, that once you take out debt, you now have an endless supply of more debt you get to take out just forever for the rest of time. This results in um, a bizarre set of arguments that are being made by the left. Well, the discussion of the trillion dollar coin is back, I noticed. It's so stupid. Okay, so, so every so often, there is a, a theory that the president of the United States should defeat the debt ceiling by coining a trillion dollar coin. Okay, in case you don't understand what this is, Fortune magazine explains the scheme, which proponents say is authorized by an obscure law, which would involve the U.S. Treasury minting a special coin and depositing it with the Federal Reserve, a measure that could stave off an impending crisis triggered by Republicans in the House of Representatives, have said they will refuse to raise the country's borrowing limit. Raising the so-called debt ceiling is necessary to cover Congress's existing obligations, hence the appeal of the trillion-dollar coin. So basically, they create a coin, and they say this is worth $1 trillion, and they deposit it in the U.S. Treasury. And they say, hey, look at that. We have a trillion dollars to pay back our debts. Isn't that amazing, guys? We just created this magic trillion-dollar coin. It says right on it, $1 trillion, which is effectively the same thing as just doing Weimar Republic money printing, right? So what exactly would the loophole be? Well, in 1996, the U.S. passed the Commemorative Coin Act, which allows the Secretary of the Treasury to mint platinum coins of any value. It was supposed to be used to print collectibles. You know, like their, their bicentennial coin or something. And now commentators like Paul Krugman of the New York Times are advocating that the Treasury Department should print a platinum coin worth $1 trillion. 
The department would then give the coin, which is essentially unusable to the Federal Reserve, would then convert it into the cash the government can use to pay the bills. It would be unable to cover without borrowing money. It's, it's a really stupid idea. Krugman said that minting a trillion dollar coin would almost certainly be legal, but there are others who are not morons who say who are being a little bit more cautious about all of that. Gerald Gerard Comizio, a law professor at American University's Washington College of Law, said, quote, I think it raises a lot of open legal questions about the Fed's authority to be involved in this kind of transaction. This is arguably not a monetary policy. This is a fiscal problem. That is not the Fed's primary goal. In other words, this is not a problem that you solve. When you have a, a, an outstanding debt of $31 trillion, that's not a problem you solve by printing $31 trillion coins and just handing them out to people. That is not the way that works. According to Janet Yellen, she, she had poured cold water on that idea this weekend. She said, it truly is not by any means to be taken as a given. The Fed would do it. I think especially with something that's a gimmick. The Fed's not required to accept it. There's no requirement on the part of the Fed. It's up to them what to do. They're thinking about the possibility of doing it as a digital coin also. It's a, this is also stupid. How about this? How about Republicans come forward with a list of demands in order to actually increase the debt ceiling? And then Democrats negotiate over that. Wouldn't that be the proper solution? You might think so. But we have now reached the stage of impasse where Democrats refuse like the most basic demands to even negotiate on issues like this. They just walk away from the table and claim that that essentially they're done. Okay, meanwhile, in the ongoing saga that is George Santos, uh, that, that uh, uh, so George Santos, you'll recall, is a newly elected Republican congressperson, if that's even his real name. And, uh, and now, according to the Business Insider, he partied in drag over a three-year period. New videos appear to show, despite his suggestion that it was a one-off. So first of all, it's never a one-off. Hey, dudes partying in drag typically party in drag a lot. And how many people do you know who are like, oh, it was a one-time thing by the time I partied in drag? Representative George Santos, who initially denied claims he performed as a drag queen, later appeared to admit he'd once had fun at a festival dressing as a woman. Here was George Santos the other day say, sue me for having a life. Sue me for having fun. Well, I mean, we're mostly like angry at you because you completely falsified every detail of your life. And also you are in con- you're, you're a liar in Congress. That, that doesn't seem amazing. This photograph uh, that allegedly is George Santos in drag uh, in Brazil uh, at a a festival. Uh, Listen to his answer when asked about whether he uh, dressed in drag. Were you ever ever a drag queen in Brazil? (laughs) No, I was not a drag queen in Brazil, guys. I was young and I had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. Uh, Well, I mean, you are going to be sued for a variety of other reasons, as it turns out. Apparently, his uh, th- this this was this story just fell apart on him very, very quickly because there were other people who had seen him dressing in drag fairly routinely. So uh, the list of George Santos' lies is really, really long. Just going to point out one thing. Everybody who's saying that George Santos, there's nothing in politics like this, every single thing that Joe Biden has said about his history is pretty much fake. So I'm just going to point out here that when it comes to politicians lying routinely about who they are and what they do, uh, George Santos, I mean, I guess at least he's not president, is, is the best that we can say. Alrighty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We will be getting into Democrats proposing a program of nationwide rent control, plus a big fight breaking out in the House over whether Democrats should be allowed to appoint people like Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell to the intelligence panel. Republicans are saying, nope. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. <laughs> We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, 
Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 